Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Mutt from Bow Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is a podcast for Billy Joe Lunchbucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. It's really, really not that good. It is time once again for another ravishing episode of the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. This, we're at sixteen hundred Buckslayer Place, right in the Bucketorium. Feeling rusty, there, buddy? Illinois, dude. I was trying to say what number this was, and I uh, I just started getting numbers confused. But uh, you got all giggly there for a second. Lovely Sherrod, Illinois. This is episode number 186. I am Steve. In the studio is Kurt. Hey, guys. Eric. Good morning. Douglas. How's it going, fellas? Oh, it's uh, <laughs> it's going good. I kind of stumbled over that. 186 episodes. That is nuts. How many? I mean, I want to calculate how many hours. Not how, every episode no, exactly. I want to calculate how many bush lights we drank. Yeah. Ooh. Let's not go down that road. Yeah, that's, Let's uh, not do that. Let's not reflect oof. on that. That's uh, Dude, I'm, my liver hurts just thinking about it. <laughs> on to positive things. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, we thank you for tuning in. Instead of just listening and taking our free content, um, just taking it for granted and an advantage of us, do something very nice for us. Wherever you listen, give us a rating and five-star that baby if you enjoy it. If you listen, I imagine you enjoy it. This is this is your first time. Welcome. We appreciate the hell out of you. Only yeah. leave a rating if it's positive. We don't want to, We don't want any negativity in our lives. We got one really negative rating on <laughs> iTunes, and I think... I don't even know why it's negative because what they said that we said is not something that I'm aware we said. I yeah, I have uh, I absolutely no idea what they were even talking about, but things happen. Uh, people well, it must things. have been a joke that got taken out of context. So yeah, well, don't they, ever take anything we say that sounds somewhat like a joke seriously. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're real people, just like everybody else. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, if Donald Trump says something out of whack, you know, I expect people to go nuts. Yeah, exactly. You but, know, uh, we're just a bow hunting podcast, some good old boys from Illinois and Iowa. So just, you know, take uh, take us with a grain of salt. We love to joke around, but more importantly, we do like to get serious sometimes. Let's cut in some serious you stuff. You want to get serious. Let's get a vet shout out going on. Yeah. Serious <laughs> stuff right here. Vet shout out this week, uh, which we do each and every week. If you got a vet that you want us to shout out, go ahead and uh, email us at workingclassbowhunter at gmail.com or take to social media and message us. The vet shout out this week is Kyle Tarwater. He's U.S. Army Staff Sergeant. Two tours overseas. Right now he's a custom gunsmith in uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Um, the guys uh, yeah, did two tours in uh, Afghanistan. Infantry, thank you for your service, hero. We appreciate it. Couldn't do this podcast without you. And he's he's pretty much local. I mean, Cedar Rapids is only like an hour away. Yeah, not too far away. Thank awesome. you for your service, yeah, man. Thank you. 
Did do you say he was a listener of the podcast or where did you get? Oh, uh, I believe he is. Uh, <laughs> I gotta, I, I do gotta give a shout out to uh, another vet, uh, Joel Gatrell. Uh, he's been. <laughs> I just, I'm always like, hey man, you got any more vets to shout out? You know, the guy served himself, so yep. he's always a good. So I, he provided that one too. Yeah, or? he did. That's yeah, cool. he's he provided actually, like. He actually texted me today and be like, do you ever get up to Cedar Rapids? I'm like, uh, not very often. He's like, oh, I got a buddy up there that's a gunsmith. Oh, that's who it is right yep. there. Yep. Yeah. That's well, awesome. Oh, yeah. cool. Small world. So he's, uh, Joel's part of the, uh, that Buckeye Bone, uh, crew. And there's a, mm-hmm. there's a couple vets that either that or there's a couple guys that, uh, have brothers that are vets. But yeah, the past couple vet shout outs have been from him. But that's awesome. Man, keep them coming, dude. We, <clears throat> yeah, we'll go, just easiest way, go to workingclassbowhunter.com. There's a contact form. Fill just type in vet. Vet shout out and the title and send them that way. This podcast, we got to thank our sponsors. They make all this possible. Dude, um, we got to talk about Elite right now. Brand new bow came out yesterday. Yes, it did. <sighs> Woof. Dude. I'm excited. The specs on it look nuts. Mm-hmm. It looks like the... It's like the all-around bow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I haven't held one. Of course, I haven't shot one. ATA, I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to oh, see yeah. if we can't somehow get our hands on one before that. But yeah. ATA is only like two weeks, three weeks away. Like, yeah, give, exactly. us, give us like a couple weeks and we'll be there. Yeah, by the I'm time excited. they ship it out, it'll be like, ah, I'll show up at the door while we're there. <laughs> we will do. We will cover those bows um, on the podcast. We'll talk about all that. But Elite Archery is one of uh, the partners for this podcast. So thanks to them, everyone from Elite. The uh, Ritual is the name of the bow in case you guys want to check it out. Yeah, definitely. I can't wait. I'm really excited for that. Mm-hmm podcast is also sponsored by scent crusher scent crusher has seriously changed the way that i do scent control um, i think all, i think all of us we can yeah. say that oh it's an absolute game changer man it really it is. is it from washing your clothes with scentless whatever and then you have a, a shitty bottle of spray that you spray on your clothes and you're like yeah it seems like it's working because my clothes seem wet but it never actually does like you still if you still smell your clothes it still smells yep yep the bag is like They've basically taken a way to ozone treat your equipment and clothes in a way that makes it easy and portable for hunters on the go. And if you're a bow hunter, like most of us, hopefully all of us listening, it's the best thing ever because you can plug it into your truck and run a cycle on your clothes before you get to the woods. Well, see, that's why I like it, too, Like, because we're always far away hunting. So if we do a morning and an evening hunt, there's sometimes in between where you can't just run home and run a cycle. So right. take all your clothes off, run a cycle in between, That'd be put nice them back they, on. Super it's easy. awesome, yeah. Like, For example, let me kind of th- – sorry, Stephen, I didn't mean cut Very good. To throw out an example of how convenient – like I use the gear bag. And I get a lot of messages like coming up with Christmas, like should I get the tote or the gear bag? I have both. I love the gear bag, though, a lot. They're both good. But the reason why I like the gear bag is last weekend I scouted a new side of this property. I'd never been over there. I scouted it. I found a spot. I went in and hung a stand. Well, I had a lot, a long time before I had to actually get in the tree and hunt. I went back to my truck. I was sweating my ass off, and it was going to be a, a cold night. So sweaty and a cold night ends up for disaster. Absolutely. So what I did, I went back to my truck, took off all my sweaty clothes, dried out, and ran an ozone cycle in the bag and killed all that body odor from sweating and just being nasty in there, and then let them dry out, run a five-minute cycle, throw your clothes on, and go back out and hunt. And then I killed the biggest doe I have ever, ever seen or had opportunity Dude, to shoot. That, that doe was a slob. Well, I and never said that No bullshit. Doe. I said this on the Clint Ca- last episode on the Clint Casper episode. She came from downwind. Yeah, Kurt had me. He's like, hey, dude, can you come over and uh, help me with this? And I saw that pig in the back of his truck. I was like, goo. Goo. I can't do it right. I'm losing my voice. 184-pound doe. Her front teeth that gets into the lab were worn flat. So she was old. It still came downwind. How many hunts has that doe ruined for hunters, for bow hunters? Mm -hmm. How many fawns has she birthed? Is that that a word? It is now, apparently. It it makes sense to me. I'm just saying. I'm you know, believe it or not, but I'm just saying there's something in it. There's something with Scent mm-hmm. Crusher. Check it out. Moving on. HHA. You had to put that single mm. pin on her. I did. You too. wouldn't have got it done with uh, five pins. Just saying. Yeah, I, mean, well, I don't know if that's true <laughs> or not, but for for the purpose of this plug, it sure is. Uh, HHA, made in America, lifetime warranty, um, good Wisconsin Americans up there just slaving away, eating cheese and drinking good beer and making HHA sites. 
<laughs> cheese curds and what uh, else could you want i mean yeah, honestly. Better than that. <laughs> yeah i, I want to buy products from a company where uh the daily lunch is a spotted cow and cheese curds it's like yes do what you do yes and process preserved meat i would buy safety harnesses from you <laughs> <laughs> no in all serious though great products man we really i they're bulletproof i i beat the shit out of my hha and it holds up to it it really does smith's custom meats and deer processing is got made a lot of our business this year. <laughs> made in America. <laughs> made in America. My God, what did Scott say when you took that dough into him? I, you know, I was curious that he would be like, ah, oh, it's all right. Because he sees, I don't know, a thousand some deer. He handles a, them. He picks a them season. Up, he cuts them up. Right. Like, you know, like, I'm like, I think she's big. You might look at him and be like, yeah, I've got like six of these already. Like, you know, six, seven, eight. I got a hundred of these already or whatever. And he's like, whoa, geez. No, that is a, you know, that is a big bitch. <laughs> we pulled her out, weighed her, and I'm like, you know what? This is kind of funny. I'm like, I'm going to Euro mounter for conversation piece because mm. no one ever actually gets does aged or like keeps like the skull just like that's the biggest doe I've shot. Like if you know of one bigger, show me your Euro mount. Oh, mm. you don't have it? I do. Oh, oh shoulder Jeez. mount it. Jeez. I thought about it, but I couldn't. I've always wanted a doe mount like to go alongside. You probably have to mount. put a buck form on it. Yeah. She's big, man. She had a big old thick neck she on her. She had a huge head. Ugh. It was awesome. Her body was just as big as my buck's body I shot this year. Yeah, it was a big old I'm guessing her. I'm guessing her eight or, eight or older. That's my guess. You think, you think you're going to beat my eight and a half? I don't know, man. It'd be interesting to find out. It would be. That'd be nuts. Also, the podcast is brought to you by Rattler Grips. Boom. We have... They're in the mail right now. We, we, Rob Schneider, handsome Rob, great dude. Makes custom grips. You can go to Rattler Grips or get on Facebook or Instagram, message them, and tell them you want your own custom working class bow hunter grip for your bow. No, no, don't say that. You have to say, I want that pimptastic boom sauce. Yep, yep, that's <laughs> it right there. <laughs> yes. You can get your own grip made out of any material, um, and he can engrave them, and he can basically do anything that's custom, custom to your bow. They're awesome. One, one of a kind. They are, for sure. They look spectacular dude he does a good job and he also does a um gun grips too so for you gun guys out there that got like handguns yeah yeah obviously for like a 1911 don't try and get that on a glock because (laughs) that ain't gonna work you you customize some stuff (laughs) (laughs) you try you better put some gorilla glue on that some bitch but moving on to the podcast here the actual content of the show win pro is back in the house dave healy um great guy he was on hell about a year ago yeah he told us his girlfriend was hot I believe that. I believe that. He's a studly man. He's a nice guy, too. Good-looking fellow. Good. Great products he has, too. Um, WinPro is really cool. We used them last season um, before and after we recorded that podcast, and we've been using them since. And uh, there's a new product out. We're going to get all into the goods here and kind of break down what WinPro is and what they offer. And um, we hope you enjoy. I guess that's really it. We'll have to introduce him and get cutting on with the episode. I got nothing else. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We love you. All right, on the phone with us, uh, it's been about a year since we've talked to him. We've got Dave Healy from WinPro, which I might add, he uh, believes, or he says that uh, he doesn't remember me, but go back and check out the last episode, see if he does. Dave, <laughs> David, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing excellent. How you guys doing? Oh, you know, just uh, about as uh, about as comfortable as a marshmallow in a warm hot chocolate <laughs> Okay, we're doing good. Doing pretty good. <laughs> wow. That is that is that is amazing. I, I wish I was feeling that well. <laughs> you must you must have uh, you must have put the smackdown on a whopper this year. No, he definitely hasn't. No, <laughs> sure that sure sure shit has not happened. <laughs> De- definitely hasn't, David. <laughs> I mean, I, I I've crushed a couple whopper juniors at uh, Burger King, but no, not a, not a big old. <laughs> Whopper. <laughs> what has been up since last time, man? I mean, last episode went well. We we met you at ATA, and, and ATA last year was a good time, and we're getting close to ATA again. So, how you been? Great. You know, it's been uh, it's been an awesome, exciting year for us. Um, we grew oh, we grew a lot. Um, in fact, we had our from the retail perspective. I think we had our our best year uh, to date, which is great. Mm-hmm. We 
we also uh, merged with uh, a couple of fellas uh, from uh, Tacticam, Jeff Peel and Ben Tarud, and uh, and uh, even Chase Rolfson is a, a new partner of mine. So it's a decent guy. Decent guy. Good guy to know. Good guy to know. He's a little <laughs> bit connected. He's decent. So uh, you know, it's <laughs> it's been. <laughs> For for those of you who don't know, Chase is an awesome guy. He, uh, Great guy. He runs he runs Rubline Marketing, and uh, man, he he's got like uh, the go to a list of uh, uh, you know TV partnerships and relationship building and the whole nine yards. He does a great great job and uh just happy and really excited to you know have be, be a, a partner with him you know uh, lead his uh, expertise in the marketing ways um you know for many years i've kind of done it uh done it myself and um although i think i've got a pretty good handle on marketing i'm certainly <laughs> certainly not an expert so uh <laughs> And and, uh, and and Jeff and Ben do a great job too. So uh, yeah, it's, it's been it's been crazy. So you know we we grew exponentially. We got into some um, more big time retailers, and uh, hopefully in 2018 we'll uh, we'll really make some significant progress. So that's that's a lot of fun. So you you grew after you did the working class the last working class bow hunter podcast correct is that uh, am, am i assuming things correctly <laughs> that is true mm-hmm. that, that is absolutely true um luck of the podcast <laughs> man you know think uh, thinking of that we, we probably should have done this in august we, yeah exactly <laughs> that would have been better timing right um, that, well yeah yeah. I was traveling for work at the time, so I think that put us on a tight, tight schedule to be able to get anything done. <laughs> but it's uh, how about next year? We'll promise you a, a podcast well before hunting season to get everyone primed up. Oh, please let's let's do <laughs> yeah. that. And, and 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 the other thing is, you know, uh, you know, we've been really steadfast trying to get you know lend a helping hand education wise um to our our you know partners and our uh, our customers out there about you know using this stuff uh, you know too many people think that scents are for the rut right right well you you know what, what you're getting into now let's transition into what you guys offer and then maybe we can go and break it down if people didn't listen to the last episode um and oh, sure. we have a lot of new listeners from last time and uh so maybe we should just start just from from step one and, and cover everything and uh, and, just, and just run through it. Okay, perfect, perfect. Yeah, you know, WinPro is a uh, it's got a kind of a misleading name, um, but we are essentially a mock scrape system. Uh, we do have a wind indicator too, but that's not what we are. Um, we are uh, the, the the number one product is uh the dominant buck and that is a powder-based synthetic attractant it's legal everywhere all states you know we've got uh the cwd causing a huge problem um and their states are starting to ban uh urine-based scents um they're even banning you know bait and of course you know in, in illinois where you guys are from uh you can't even you can't use mineral mm-hmm. so you know, like, how do you uh, get the, the deer coming to your trail cameras? Well, we've got an answer for you. It's uh, WinPro. Um, then the uh, other scent is, is a doe estrus, and uh, we just typically use that around the rut. But the, um, the dominant buck can be used year-round. I mean, right now, uh, I still have... I probably have 12 cameras up right now, and, and every one of them's got, you know, uh, the deer hitting it every other day. And uh, so I'm able to see who survived, what survived. Um, I'm able to pattern them still. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm still hunting here in Minnesota. I'm just just kind of fun for fun, but um, I just had a one of my target bucks show up. <laughs> uh, to, uh Exactly an hour after I left the stand the last time I was in there. So oh, perfect, perfect. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, darn. That's a little cold. <laughs> uh, oh, well. well but, da- you know, David, I love the, the point, not to cut off your, 
your buck story here, but I just keep thinking about this. Being from Illinois, you mentioned the mineral thing. You know, we can't have mineral. Um, in, in Iowa, you can, right? But you got to remove the mineral like 30 days if we're hunting or something like that. The Iowa, Iowa yep. boys in here are yep. shaking their yep. head. That is yep. a, a big deal, man, for for Iowa or Illinois residents to be able to have that attract it in front of a camera. Because most times you just put it on a trail or you're over like an open field, and that's one way to centrally locate the deer right in front of your camera. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And last year, I want to point out, last year um, I put the stuff out in January, and I had like a 150-inch deer hitting a scrape in January, like late oh, January, yeah. Yeah. After, yeah. after season was closed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it goes all year round. In fact, I use, I, I still will, every two to three weeks, I'll refresh the scrapes even in January, February, and March. And, all uh, the way into March. All the way into March. You know why? Tell me. Well, I, well, I, I want to continue to prove that it works, for one thing, just <laughs> from a marketing purpose. Yeah. But, <laughs> but the other thing is you can tell when the bucks drop their antlers. Yes, mm. I had a shed buck hitting uh, last year in January, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, after I after I put the uh, the dominant buck out, yeah, shed buck was hitting it. Yep, yep. And then, uh, well, and, and so, uh, you know, by just monitoring your trail cams, I'm like, oh, my God, okay, this guy, this big guy just shed his antlers. And if he, if he, shed, if he shed it, it's got to be somewhere on the property, right? So right. it's like, it's time to head out and start looking for it. And, I, and truth be told, I actually found a pretty decent one last year. Um, from the trail camera footage. <laughs> I think like, we just, just... He just dropped it, you know? It, so, it, it's, it's cool. I think we just figured out Dana Pace's secret. He checks his trail cameras and... Dana Pace right is our they... buddy, for the people that don't know. He finds like 100 sheds a year. Yeah, he's crazy. Um, he's been on like four um, podcasts. That, oh, talking about um, using the product in March, it makes me want to jump around, but I, I want to start from um, kind of from... The beginning of the season, if you will. Um, well, first, do you use this in the summer when bucks are in velvet? I know I've seen the videos yep. online, um, but yep. can, maybe break that down a little bit for the listeners. Yeah, uh, well, I'm also forgetting one other uh, big big announcement. Or you know, we'll talk about the vine yep. here yep. Short, shortly, but we'll, but we'll finish this up. Yeah, um, you know, uh, I've I've had actually people that are uh, you know professional. TV hunters that have uh, basically said to me, deer don't scrape, velvet bucks don't scrape. And then I turned around and I showed them these videos that are on my phone. <laughs> I, 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 I bumped up to the 264 gigabyte iPhone. So I can load these videos on it. It's great. <laughs> but anyway, I, I pull up, you know, all these you know, velvet giants hitting uh, the vine and, and these mock scrapes, and he's like, "You got to be kidding me!" I won't name any names, but this is somebody that you know we'd all recognize and go, "Holy crap!" I mean, this is a legitimate, uh, very knowledgeable hunter, I right? Mean, an expert that wasn't aware that uh, these velvet bucks uh, utilize scrapes. I mean, it's and. And everybody, I'm sure, agrees with me or can agree with me that it is so much fun getting velvet trail camera photos and and videos. I mean, for right. me, it's always it's always video. You know, you can't see a deer being a deer with the still pictures. And you know, our stuff is for mock scrapes. I want to see them, you know, twinkle their tail and stop and sniff, and then you know, right? See how they react like, to the to the product. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, Kyle Weeder and I are just cut from the same cloth on that one. I mean, we just love to see deer interacting with the scrape. I mean, um, you know, uh, you know, I understand that, you know, people are they they're they get these trail cameras out in their farm in the middle of nowhere and they don't get back for months at a time. And, of course, we got battery problems. But right. Yeah. You know, the truth is these trail cameras get better better and better every year and now and the uh, batteries are lasting longer and longer it's, it's pretty incredible david i got a question so when the velvet bucks are hitting the scrapes do you think that's something they do a lot naturally just on their own without wind pro like the mature buck being out in the summer or do you think it is the mature buck powder out there that's causing that's like triggering that instinctive thing for them to scrape 
That's a good question because I didn't know about. Um, no, I don't think that. I believe that they they utilize these scrapes year round. It's just in the fall when the testosterone levels start, you know, amping up a little bit. That's when they start scraping at the ground. That's when they start tearing it up. That's mm-hmm. when they start breaking branches. Um, but they do. It's it's a calling card year round. They go up to these licking branches and they they lick them and they leave their scent and they attain scent left by other deer. It's a communication tool for them. You know, the deer are just highly highly communicative, and they communicate with their sound and and you know their uh their nose for the most part so um you know they're like oh everything's good i got this one i got that one and you know they can they can basically tell what doe what buck what fawn has been there um right just it's like social media for deer yeah 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 (laughs) it's like deer (laughs) tender do you think do you think it's more like a, a territorial thing oh for sure Okay. Yeah, for yeah. Sure, for yeah sure. you want to know what hot does are in your area? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They can they can actually believe this. Believe this. This is, this is absolutely true. They can tell by these scrapes and mock scrapes um, what time uh, or how soon a doe will come into estrus by these scrapes. Interesting. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, <laughs> they they just gain all this this attitude. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I I never paid <laughs> I never paid attention to what they did prior to coming up with this product line. Right, um, right. But but I always I always you know it started pretty early um, and uh, get these velvet bucks in, into it. But um, you know that was only five six years ago. I, I would uh, for prior to that I would only start these mock scrapes in like mid September and uh, mid to late September. Whereas now I'm like, well, no way! I want I want Giganto in full velvet <laughs> on my 4K trail camera. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and he's gonna hit it, and, and and lo and behold, yeah, it happens. They come to it. I mean, they're not tearing up the ground, but they're definitely interacting. They're licking the branches. You know, the licking branches are the key. So yeah. let's use that that um, key topic there to transition into this new product that you guys have. Yeah, well, we we launched the vine at ATA last year, um, and uh, it's something that I had. Uh, I had been thinking about, I'd been uh, developing all summer last year and uh, was, you know, trying to keep it under lids, um, keep, keep it quiet. But um, I had, I started uh, hanging these uh, prototypes out in uh, December, actually November of last year. And, uh, I, you know, I, I knew it was going to work because the the deer for whatever reason they just cannot resist vertical hanging branches Mm -hmm. that's right you know when when you see that i mean i got the idea from grapevines that that grow out in the wild and anytime you have a grapevine that that's like perfectly hung about you know five feet a belly to nose height hanging over a trail or on the edge of a field they automatically go to it Man, i mean that that's is, that, that's a that, that's a scrape that is that's interesting i i've always been curious about you know when you got like lower hanging you know fruit like that how deer would react because there's a couple of vineyards branch out here. or anything tempting yeah just up. like yep. that low man that's interesting that yeah but have you ever noticed like i do this a lot if you look out on like a field edge whether if it's you know crop field grass field hay, whatever hay field clover field you see like an overhanging branch and you're like you see it from a distance you're like that looks like there'd be a scrape underneath there and you yeah, walk yeah. over to it and there's a scrape underneath it yep this Absolutely. basically is kind of and correct me if i'm wrong this is a basically you can be like i'm gonna have a deer hit a scrape here and you you put your mine up in there it you're is. creating yep. you're asking site. for it hey yep not, exactly not to get like too far off, but like you know, any like uh, like we said, those uh, fruit like like a fruit tree, like an apple tree. If there was a branch hanging down, do you think a deer would make a scrape right under that apple tree? I've never seen that before. Absolutely, I, it's uh, th- their favorite trees are oak trees to scrape under. Their hmm. second favorite are apple trees. 
Really? I guess oh, yeah. I, I just have never hunted with that many apple trees. I think I've got like three, but that's a lot from I've. I mean, that's a lot. I feel like I don't have any on. Zero. I don't either. Absolutely zero. And I've, yeah, and I've never noticed any. Yeah, the, I mean, it, it, it's pretty fabulous. It's pretty. Uh, it's just amazing. But the, you know, they uh, on that you know, um, they're very particular on what type of trees they like to rub, rub and, and scrape on. But uh, you know, the favorite is oak tree, cedar. Um, maple, locust trees. You know what locust trees are? Yeah, the gnarly oh, yeah. ass ones. Yeah. They're kind of gnarly. They've got those uh, pricklers in there. Yeah, um, yep. yeah they, they love those too. Um, and uh, and apple trees. I mean, they just love it. And there are, there are some trees that they'll flat out ignore. They won't come near. I had a, I had a guy from Maine call me. He said, "Yeah, I've been using your product, and you know it's not working for me." And you know, first I'm like. Well, how much are you using? You're not emptying the bottle on on, on the scraper, and he's no, no. I'm I'm doing what you're doing. You say you know a couple of puffs on the branches, a couple. Of, I'm like, okay, what kind of tree are you using? He goes, um, oh, using some birch trees. I'm like, oh, well, there's your problem. On what kind of tree? Uh, birch. Really? Yeah. Deer won't touch it. Why is that? Um, I, I you know I don't know. It must have. Uh, maybe it's the bark. There's something because why they pick the, the certain trees is they want it to be, um, you know, even though oak is uh, a hard, hard wood. So is a locust bark, tree. They're harder than hell. So is, yeah, but um, the it the bark um, is scent absorbing. Ah, okay. So, so they, they, you know, when they rub on it, they're or or, or scrape on it, it, it's it's picking up their scent. And the birch, for some reason, probably because of the bark, um, doesn't, uh, or maybe it's too acidic for them, mm. but uh, it doesn't pick up their scent, so they won't even come near them. Or is it not because they're they're white? Because we've always heard heard that you know theory that deer are you know kind of weary about the color white i mean i don't well birch tree we can get some of the the, the, the white that like flaky right? yeah, yeah that's a type yeah. of birch isn't it but isn't there an also maybe i'm wrong here i don't know my trees as well as i should we are an arborist in case you guys haven't picked that up what, <laughs> what, what are the trees i know them as anti-climber stand trees they get is it like a peeling the the bark like peels off and they're louder in hell when you, if you ever have a stand in one is it like a it's some sort of like i thought it was a type of birch tree the peeling bark birch tree yeah i might yeah, be wrong and making an ass of myself right now i don't know but no the there i'm sure there are you know at least a few, sub, sub, a few subspecies of birch but um you know they're they're all pretty much the, the same they've got that white and it does kind of flake off and that's really believe, interesting yeah i believe it's acidic ah, uh, i believe okay. that the bark is fairly acidic talking one of them right no that's not what i'm talking about never mind never mind <laughs> anyway, that, that's interesting. That's something that people don't think about, and I'm glad that got brought up because, yeah. you know. I mean, that's a good tip right there. If someone, yeah, gets the, the vine and puts it on that type of tree or uses, you know, the mature buck or the or the doe and puts it on there, it, you know, it's it matters, I guess, you know. you don't. Yeah. That's something you yeah. would never think about, but it, they're in tune with all that stuff out there. They live there, you know. Oh, exactly, exactly. Um, it, it's it's amazing, and and. You know, the back to the, the kind of the advent of, of the vine. Um, the other issue is when the testosterone levels increase, um, they start breaking the overhanging um, limbs. Um, and for instance, I live on a, a forty-acre hay farm, and I've got you know food plots up here. I've got like three mock scrapes, um, a scrape tree, the whole nine yards. But the one closest to my house. Um, had this perfect overhanging limb and and i think it was a just you know i'm not sure i think it was an ash tree but it had this limb that was just protruding straight out and it was perfect you know it was right about chin height and uh you know i started uh, making as soon as i lived here i started or moved here i, I started uh, making scrapes and it was like the perfect it was like oh my god you know i can run walk right out my my back door and go check a trail camera and um you know it was a great uh thoroughfare for the deer but um uh, the first year you know the bucks broke off that perfect limb and i'm like oh crap mm -hmm. 
So I'm like, well, I don't want to be because they, they will not scrape uh, without a uh, an overhanging limb. You know that that's going to go dormant. So, um, yeah. you know, I did a couple of things. I like, you know, tried to hang up. I tried to hang another uh, a limb up, but that didn't. So didn't work so well. And there happened to be some uh, grapevines growing right next to it. So I actually, you know cut a thread of grapevines and then strung it up on a higher limb <coughs> and uh, started using it. I wasn't sure if that was going to work and sure enough it worked like a charm and that's where I got the idea. Oh my god, okay, I got to come up with the, the grapevines. So we did that and uh, the, you know, the other problem is that you know, your stand sets, I mean some people have these, you know, these travel corridors that that are just money, and everybody, you know, you always get a, a mature buck every year coming through the same spot. But you don't have any perfect overhanging limb. Mm-hmm. So now you do. Now you can uh, set the you can you know buy the vine and hang it up on existing where your stand set is where there wasn't a, a good overhanging limb to make a mock scrape under now you can make one because i've you know i actually done this a couple of times but you know i had to bend over some saplings to make a licking branch and you know that, that was uh you're getting your scent all over it and right <laughs> you know it's kind of a pain but it does work but uh now the vine uh just totally totally uh, replaces that and uh you know grapevines would work for anybody who wants to make a mock scrape no sh- don't is- say that don't say that <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> <Cutting> your product <laughs> well the the, pro- the problem is they they don't grow everywhere yeah, no. that's true too. Yeah, it must be nice having grapes. I can't wait to hear uh, uh, WinPro wine next year. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's a good transition. <laughs> um, but maybe talk about you know if someone got the vine, and maybe we should say this right now. Maybe this is the good spot to mention this. So, listeners of the podcast, we're talking about this vine, uh, and then David, maybe you can talk about what's included in the box with vine and all with the vine and all that what's in the box Um, so we're doing a giveaway for the listeners of the podcast if you made it this far you actually listen to the podcast and we we thank you so much for that to win the vine from winpro we need to do go to the winpro's facebook page and post on there i listen to working class bow hunter and tag us and we're gonna do a we're gonna run a week, so a week from the release of this episode, and then we will draw one person that did that, and we're gonna make sure you did it all. So you, and make sure you like both pages. Don't just go there, and then yeah, say go to Winbro's Facebook page, tag us, and said you listen to the show, and we'll pick one winner for this stuff, and we'll send it out a week from today. So do that now, and then uh, we'll finish the episode. Then go do it. You can do it while you're listening. <laughs> And uh, but basically, David, I want to just talk about like what's the best way to utilize it, like tips, um, tactics for the listeners if if they get this vine or they go out and buy their own. Like, what's the best way to use it? How to go about it? Um, basically, just break it all down from square one when they get this and they're like getting ready to go out to the woods to use it. Yeah, well, you know, right off the bat, um, the the vine is five foot of fully adjustable, lifelike vine. It's uh, it's made of both natural and synthetic uh, uh, material, but it's got a wire core, so you can adjust it to that money height. Um, when we're talking anywhere from belly to chin height, um, you know, de- depends where you are, but you can you can adjust it. Um, but we also uh, in the packaging we put a bottle of our dominant buck, and the reason why we want to do that. It's because we don't want people to put our competitors' product on there. It makes sense. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, do that. Because I, I don't. There, there's only one other competitor out there that I, um, I think does a really good job, and that's Conquest Sense. I, I think their product works. I'm a big fan. Um, I, I think Rob is the owner. Good guy. Good guy. But um, great show I, too. I, I, yeah, I, I like I like 
I like their product, and I've heard nothing but good things. But, um, there but don't check them out until after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right. But, uh, you know, but um, there, are, there are a lot of products on the market that uh, I'm not a fan of, and I've tried just about every one of them, and I haven't had any success. Um, well, that's not true. I've had a couple of, you know, fawns and yearling bucks. Um, gullible deer. In other hey, words. man, hey, yeah. per, hey, but best they, meat out there. They're gullible. Yeah. Um, but anything that's, you know, three and a half years old, forget it. Uh, the tail goes up and they don't come back. <clears throat> you know, it, it, right. I, I've, I've seen it with my own, minds, uh, my own, own eyes too many times to count. So, you know, we wanted to, we're like, uh, yeah, divine, it's going to be great. I'm like, no, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to sell that and then have them put somebody else's uh, scent on it. And then they'll get on social media and they'll go, this doesn't work. So, uh, <laughs> right. You're, you're covering all the bases there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it, it, it's great, but you know, our, our, I will our, say though, quick, uh, David, when you, you mentioned conquest sense and your guys' your, those two products, uh, WinPro and Conquest are the only things I've used probably in the last ten years. Other than that, I was like, I don't use anything. Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, a, a lot of us have been burned, and uh, I, I think we talked about this last year. But uh, do you? It, I've done, you know, a tremendous amount of research trying to figure this out. But uh, according to my, you know. Uh, sophomore research. I believe, and I could be totally wrong, but I believe that 60% of us bow hunters will not use scents because they've tried stuff and it didn't work. Or worse, it spooked game. I 100% agree with that. That's a fact, yes. Yeah, and now the gun hunters are, I think, more receptive. You know, they're 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 gonna they're gonna buy the. They're going to buy the tanks. They're going to go put it out. Yeah. Yeah, why not? They're hunting someone else's property for uh, seven days (laughs) and ruining the bow hunters hunt. (laughs) (laughs) But they're going to do that. And, uh, you know, we have been kind of on a mission. I mean, our our social media page, you know, we just want to hammer people with video of, you know, placing a scent out and having the deer come up. We leave all the times and dates on there so you can go, okay, here's – Dave or John or Larry putting out the scent on X day and well, oh, here the deer are showing up like three hours later. Okay, you know it's legit. It works, but uh, right. th- th- that's been our, our focus is trying is just to continue to prove that this is a product that works and it doesn't spook deer. Right, and I, I just want to point out too how realistic this thing looks. I mean, yeah, we have the vine on the studio yeah, table. Yeah, we right have now. it out of the box, looking at it, and it's, you know, you got the main vine with the little branches coming off it, and it's even got like moss on it, and the color and everything looks. I mean, it looks real. Is that to be. mossy stuff added to the vine, Dave? Is that to hold the dominant buck um, powder? Well, it certainly does that, but that wasn't really part of. Um, what we were thinking, we were thinking just to make it more more lifelike. Mm-hmm. And then at, as we started getting into the prototypes and such, and then you know I'm continually puffing or you know <laughs> refreshing the uh, vine, I'm like, holy crap, this does it holds it holds the scent really well. Um, but that's another <clears throat> key ingredient. I mean, for for ours, the, the reason why our our powder works so well is we're not overwhelming the area with scent. Mm-hmm. You know, it, we're just puffing this powder on the overhanging limbs or the vine, and, and, and it can only so many scent molecules are landing and grabbing onto those fibers um, on, the, on the vine or, you know, on an overhanging limb. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's, it's, it's just enough to pique their interest and keep them coming back. But not enough to where they take a whiff and they go, whoa, I mean, that's not right. Right, right, right. definitely. I love that point that you make there because that's the number one thing I always think about when uh, like this is a story I've told in the podcast before, but I'll never forget. I was like 15 at the time. It was over 10 years ago. My dad bought some of the scent from like a local farm store. They have it in the refrigerator. 
And right. he put some of that out. And my dad was – he's kind of the same way I am. He put a little bit of it out, and he had a buck come in. He just did a little dabble of it, and he had a buck get so spooky from it. And his reaction was – Fuck that shit. I'm not using any scent ever again. I'm done with it. I'm going scent free forever. I could see your dad saying that. Oh, too. that's how it was. That's yeah, how, exactly. And that's how we've always been. Literally, since that happened, me and my dad were like, I'm not using anything. I don't trust it. And then we did the podcast last year with you. I gave my dad some of the product, and I've, we've had it clipped on our backpack ever since. Really have. And uh, I put, I made a scrape. I put some in an existing scrape, and I made us uh, yep. my own mock scrape on a. It's basically a public access way. It's technically a dirt road, and I did never expected it to work there, <laughs> and it actually did. I didn't put a trail camera there, but I noticed when I would walk in, I used that for my entry and exit route because people <laughs> would drive their quads down there. And I went sure. in there, and I'm like, one, the powder stayed there even mm-hmm. through some rain. Yep, yep. And I noticed that the scrape was bigger. When I went in, and I'm like, "Well, I'll be damned! I wish <laughs> I was gonna put a truck in out there, but it would get <laughs> stolen." So it's just it's it's funny how something like this comes around and can completely change the way you look at a scent product or even yeah. a, even a synthetic product product. Yep. Um, and that's something I want yeah. to talk to you about. Like, there, people got to be skeptical, right? So, oh my God, they're incredibly skeptical. I mean, we got two bad things going. For, we got two two things that are going wrong for us. A, it's powder. Guys are like, what? Yeah, whatever. That's not going to work. <laughs> and then, and then B, probably even more critical is it's synthetic. And oh my goodness, I mean, I mean, if if real. You know, I think the guy's uh, mindset has to be, well, if real deer urine, you know, spooks the deer, well, well the synthetic powder is certainly going to spook the deer, right? Well, right. You, you can crush that argument with about dude powder over liquid any day because check this out when you go <laughs> to make when you go to make biscuits, if you start mm-hmm. out making biscuits with liquid, they're they ain't going to be good. You start making them with powder, <laughs> flour, and stuff. They're going to be good. So that argument's already out the window because of Steve's logic. In my logic. That's not true. <laughs> well, Kurt's logic, but what do you, how do you explain to someone that uses that, like, oh, it's synthetic, it can't work, that's bullshit. How do you kind of explain to them, like, well, here, listen, like, what's what's your spiel to them to, to, to kind of prove them wrong? Well, it's, it's really, I mean, to me, it's it's like, I mean, it's so fundamental and it's so simple. It, it just makes perfect sense. But the, the, the problem with urine-based sense is, um, you know, the collection, you know, putting it in a bottle, as soon as you collect this, this deer uh, urine and, and put it in a bottle, um, it's starting to break down. And by the time, I, you know, I, I hear good things about the, the natural deer pee that uh, you have to refrigerate and all that. Uh, yeah, that they have uh, in that well, piss fridge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the piss well, fridge. You know, I've, I've, heard, I've heard some good things about, about those guys. But um, um, <clears throat> the problem is when you apply that. So you take your uh, refrigerated dough pee and you put it out. Here's the issue. You have got to have that. It's within 24 hours. You have got to have a deer come by and utilize that to either pee on it or interact with the licking branches for it to work. Mm-hmm. Be- because within 24 hours, that's going to break down into ammonia and it's not going to work. In fact, it'll probably have the opposite effect. With our product, or possibly other synthetics, I don't know about other synthetics, but I know about our product. When, from the moment you apply it, from six weeks down the line, it is going to have the exact same aroma. It's not going to change. It's not going to break down. That's the positive of synthetics. Right, right, which makes sense, makes sense. Which, yeah. And and you know not to not to sidetrack too much, but I, I I am curious. You know, it lasts for six weeks. So if you have, say, you're using the uh, the the doe estrus, um, you're probably not going to want to use that too late into the season because I mean, do you, or, what do you think is going to happen to the, the the bucks that smell a doe and estrus? What's their mindset on an estrus, right? You know, is that uh, have you had any issues with that? Or I'm just no, kind of curious I, about that. 
I'll uh, I'll use it to the to almost you know sometimes almost to the end of uh, January in really? Midwest, just because uh, the fawns will come in disastrous late, typically, sure. and so anytime you know that's a possibility. Um, same thing with uh, on the front end of the season. Um, I'll start using the doe estrus in mid October because some of the mature does actually come into estrus early. Mm-hmm. So you've got you've got a pretty good window. You've got pre rut, you've got rut, and then you've got post rut. But just keep in mind that those fawns that were born late um, will come into estrus, in, even in the you know just just in the Midwest um, per se, uh, they'll come. They can come into estrus, you know, mid January. See, this is we talked about this uh, the last episode we did a late season podcast. It was mm-hmm. a one on one. Me and our buddy Clint Casper from Ohio. He's uh, part of the podcast. You'll meet him at ATA, uh, David. That'll be a good time. Um, but we talked about that the last podcast and the podcast we did several episodes ago with Austin Chandler and yes. Ross Bigger, that we, we basically laid out that the rut is, and not to, to keep burying this into the ground, but we talked, like, basically rut, if you want to really break it down like as far month, as right? deer are breeding, is October through yeah. January. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. people yeah. like to make, I said this last podcast, again, not to not to – I don't know what's the saying. Beat a dead horse. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, beat a dead. <laughs> hey man, I don't you think know you're dead, but I might have just horse. made that up. But hey, your date doesn't start when you pick her up. Your date starts when you brush your teeth. Okay, yep. I like that. <laughs> but it's not like a light switch. Like guys like to make it. You know, like the ruts one week, November first through the seventh. Light switch on. After that, light switch off. Ruts over. It's not like that. No. No, it's not. No, it's, it's not. Essentially, if you really want to break it down, it's all year round. I mean, what's the main purpose for a deer's antlers? It's to show them off to get the ladies. And when they start, when them antlers start growing, eh, you know, I don't know, Matt. Maybe yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I dude, I'm, I'm on a fishing expedition. All right, I don't know well, what uh, was going on there. We'll put a pin in that one and move on. <laughs> <laughs> But, I'm just putting out wild theories out there. I don't actually believe half the shit I say, just so you guys know. <laughs> but, you well, maybe know, that's my problem. I, I believe everything I say. <laughs> well, every, everything makes sense. And, you know, I have a mobile camera out now on one property, and I'm going to take the vine out this weekend. You know, it to me, it's considered late season now. And uh, I'm not getting a lot on my mobile cam. I'm sort of disappointed. I moved it to a new spot, which I thought would be amazing. And, so this will be like a cool, cool test to see. You know, of course, a buck's got to go by there to find it, but um, or maybe not. I mean, I don't know. Is is this something you find that deer will check from the wind and then come to check it out, or do you feel like you got to put the product in uh, like a good travel corridor or like a transition zone? Well, you know, obviously the, the locations in- around there, but but the but the beautiful thing about it is, you know, you you want to put our powder. And the wind's going to take that scent. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, these. Uh, oh, we got you cutting out, David, a little bit. I don't know if it's uh, me or you. I think the deer CIA is cutting in. <laughs> they don't want to let The deer CIA. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not again. Yeah, we got you. Yeah, we got you cutting in and out. Are you Not like me. same place? Burn all or? the files. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm in the same place. How, is this any better? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's going good yeah. now. It's okay. going good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the deer CIA. Yeah, they're on to me. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> Bastards. Yeah, deer Illuminati. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, oh, my, I lost my train of thought. We're talking um, about, like, a, you know, oh, basically yeah, yeah. placement. You know, placement. You know, when when you put our powder on, on an overhanging limb, or the vine, in fact, you know, these deer will scent check it, and they can smell it downwind, and that's how they, you know, they, they smell it from a ways away, and they'll come over and go, oh, and particularly if they see it, you know, they, they get wind, they, if they approach this thing from downwind, right, mm-hmm. and and then they see this perfectly overhanging limb, I'm sorry, they cannot leave it alone. They have to come over. And leave their scent on it. That makes good, perfect sense. Yep. I never thought <laughs> of it that way. Actually, I, I never thought of that like that circumstance. Yes. I mean, because it's, it's a visual as well as a scent cue. But I mean, the deer, they're just like, it's like, oh my god, it, it's like a, it's, it's like a, um, a, 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 a fire hydrant for a dog. 
Sure, mm-hmm. sure. They they see that red fire hydrant, and they're like, I got to come over there and mark that. Sucker. I love that reference. It's like I mean, uh, in this, a neon light for a bar. Yeah. Yep, you know, exactly. you say, oh, yep. what's that over there? I'm <laughs> thirsty. I'm thirsty. It's David, I have a product place. idea that just popped in my head to go along with that scenario. Remind me after the podcast. I'm going to pitch something <laughs> to you. Perfect. I'm all. I'll be all ears. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, we're um, we're we're super excited about this vine. You know, I knew it was going to work. I knew I, I I wasn't sure how popular it would be, um, but you know, we we put it out. We put the prototypes out at ATA, and you know, when I was in college, I bartended. Um, and probably for way too long, um, <laughs> both both college and bartending. <laughs> but uh, you know, um, the bartending thing kind of gave me a perspective um, uh, and and kind of a, a really cool um, tool to be able to kind of read people, just sit back and kind of watch and read people. It's it's really helped me in my business career, for God's sakes. I mean, it, it really has. So, but I put it out at AT, and I just kind of sat back when I wasn't given my pitch, and I just watched people's reactions. And, uh, you know, most of the reactions I saw, the, the jaws kind of went down. And they're like, oh, my God, this is so simple. Why? How come this doesn't exist? How come nobody thought about this before? I was like, oh, my God. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, you know, it, it took us – they're all made by hand. So I'm uh, trying to get the, uh, the, the every all the tools, the whole nine yards getting it. You know, it took us some time, and we, we got – we got our first shipment a little bit later on in the year, but when we finally did get it, we sold them out in two days. Right, that made <laughs> by crazy. hand. Take that, robots! I was, was going to say it almost has to be made by hand. Yeah. This thing is crazy looking. Like, yep, yep, <laughs> yep, yep, and no question, they're they're all handmade. So the production time is a little longer than we'd like, but um, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, you know, next time. It, Next year, obviously, we're going to have them a lot earlier in stock. But uh, yeah, I was was really thrilled um, to uh, you know, it's, it's just like my idea um, to see my idea um, come and actually sell out in two days. It was just uh, it's just crazy. So really um, cool. Well, you yeah. know, we're, we're just uh, we're looking forward to. It. I, I think I think we're gonna. I mean, if you've seen what I've seen, you know, working these things, I think I have um, eight or 12 of them out right now, and the deer just can't leave them alone. I mean, mean, they work better than a natural um, overhanging limb. Right. Uh, I I think when we seen them at ATA last year, I think think you had us sold in about two minutes on this product. (laughs) Well, it was one of those things, like, I remember we were talking to you, and, you know, we made the introduction, we're, we're yep. sitting there chit-chatting, and I thought, like, all this stuff hanging was, nat- like, part of your booth, and you're like, check right. this out, I'm like, oh, shit, I, like, like, I just thought it was, like, part of the nature, right. like, scene type We didn't thing. realize that was an actual product. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. I, and explain it, it's like, at first, yeah, it's so simple, it's kind of like, really? And then you're like, no, that actually makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the, the absolute the, the key to mock scrapes or scrapes in general is that overhanging limb. Yeah, because without it, there's no scrape. That makes yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and and they uh, the deer are particular. I mean, you can you can actually find a, a perfect oak tree, but if, if that limb, you know, that chin high limb is like leaning or, or curving up. Um, they much prefer the ones that are pointed down to the ground, which is what I've discovered over the you know, last several years of, of testing it. So when you have that overhanging limb that's pointing down to the ground, mm-hmm. they, can't, they can't leave it alone. They just have to. They have to come over and leave their scent. And, you know, uh, the other thing that, you know, is kind of frustrating is that so many people want, I, and I, I guess it's, it, it boils down to, well, a lot of people have had bad uh, results using sense. Um, but, uh, you, you know, slowly, hope, hopefully slowly and effectively um, reaching out on social media and ads, that kind of thing, we're, we're slowly right. but surely, you know, moving the needle and 
into the right direction where okay this is uh, really what you should be using and this is what really works and the the biggest thing is uh, you know i've said my uh, my business partner brian um and co-founder of uh, winpro um you know he he would every year you know i would smoke a pretty nice mature deer uh, over a mock scrape and you know, he doesn't know, because I'm in Orono, Minnesota, he's in Rochester, we're, you know, an hour and a half apart, but he, I'd send him the picture, and he's like, yeah, you killed another one, <laughs> what, what's going on, why are you killing another one, and I'm like, Brian, now Brian, keep in mind, he didn't make mock scrapes next to his stand, he would put them, you know, off in the distance, or whatever, right. and Whereas I, I will make two mock scrapes, upwind and one downwind, um, on every one of my sets. Because, you know, the answer is, hey, these mock scrapes, the deer can come back again and again and again and again. I mean, it's really hard to, to, to trigger it, but, you know, every two to three days, they'll come back depending on, you know, the weather and this, that, and the other thing. So if you... We're a smart guy, and you wanted to keep deer coming back to a certain location again and again and again. Do you want it next to your, your tree stand, or do you want it away from your tree stand? <laughs> now, that's a big if you were a smart guy. <laughs> I, claim, I don't claim a whole lot. Actually, when I shot my buck November 3rd, I actually made a mock scrape 20 yards on the ridge. And there was yep. two does checking it out, and the buck came in behind me. So I didn't let him check it. I shot him before he got there. But the two does were actually on the scrape when I shot my buck. Yeah, perfect. He's yeah, a and, and, and David, yeah. Doug shot a m- m- monster Iowa buck this year. <laughs> oh, yeah. 17, what was it, G2? 17 and then one-eighth. 17 and an eighth inch G2. 169-incher. Giant. 169-inch eight-pointer. Dave Druin. Eric killed his buck on the same stand. I mean, I don't know if it was a scrape. It could have been. Yeah. Well, I don't know. But, I mean, how, I don't know how much, I mean, in between it was, you know, from when you shot yours to mine. But a few weeks, a couple weeks. Two the weeks. powder was still, hey, man. I mean, you could still notice that the powder was still there puff, in the puff, scrape. buck, buck. We've been hearing puff, that, puff, David. Buck, buck. What's up with that? <laughs> buff, 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 buck. Oh, my God. Um, hey, just a couple of weeks ago, one of, uh, one of your uh, brethren, Killed a new WinPro buck, uh, Mox Grape buck, 214 and 3.8. Blood buck? Who, who's, who's that? Who is this? Uh, name is, uh, I wonder if you would mind if I shared it. Maybe we, uh, maybe better not then. Yeah, tell us after. <laughs> um, but he did send me the pictures and I posted them on our page. But uh, yeah, he, he had it officially scored. Oh, if it's out, it's out. What? 214 and 3 eighths. Our previous record on a buck that was actually shot over a Win Pearl Mott scrape was 208. And that was a Kansas buck about five or six years ago. And uh, Kale. I'm going to look it up. Kale killed uh, 214. And it's like unbelievable. My gosh. I'm going to have to beat uh, that record, I think, this year. We got time. (laughs) Yeah, you got time. Hey, it can happen in Illinois. Holy it, crap. it can, but they're not around every corner. I maybe I don't know if I've ever even seen a two hundred inch deer to tell you the truth, but um, I don't I don't think that I have. I've seen a hundred and eighty inch typical. I mean, in Iowa is possible for sure. I've seen a hundred. I yeah. know for a fact I've seen a hundred and ninety one inch because two weeks later my dad killed it. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. What haven't we covered about WinPro or the Vine or, or, or anything that you know I feel is, is noteworthy for the listeners to kind of. Uh, grasp a hold of you know um, i guess just just one other thing is is you know um, give us give us a try um and just remember two things um pick the right tree and go light just a couple of puffs you know each one of our bottles you can make uh, almost 20 20 to 30 mock scrapes so go light pick the right trees and throw a trail camera up and i'll, I'll swear you will contact us you go to our win pro page and you'll go holy crap this stuff is legit <laughs> awesome pup, pup, bug, bug. that's yeah bug, bug, bug. Yep. that's so awesome but hey man i really i really appreciate you coming on let's uh tell everyone where they can find you guys on social media and stuff like that that way that doesn't get uh left out yeah on uh facebook we're uh, the uh win pro 
Um, we're the Win Pros on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, you can check us out at our website. Our our new um, website will be launching uh, first week of January, but we're at www.thewindpros.com. Awesome, awesome. And then, guys, don't forget, if you've made it through this episode, I'm telling you, it's worth a shot to try and win this stuff. Don't think that someone else is going to win it anyway. You do have a fair chance. We're really going to just draw a random person from the people that do this. Go to the WinPro Facebook page. But I listen to Working Class Bowhunter and tag us so we know you did it. And you're going to get set up. And then we will pick someone random in one week. So one week from the release of this podcast, you have a chance to win. A fair chance, I will tell you that. <laughs> Beautiful. So. David, stick around on the phone. Thank you so much for coming on again. Um, I'm surprised you wanted to come back, to be honest. We're kind of... We get kind of wild. Yeah, sometimes. did you hear him? Yeah, I don't. Uh, he's like, yeah, I didn't remember Steve. And he's like, see, remember when we talked about this specifically last episode? I think he just drank me out of his memory. So I'm kind of offended, to be honest with you. But. Well, no, you know, I, I like guys who swear as much as I do. Oh well, uh, well, when we all uh, when we get Steve around you at ATA, you'll just be like, I don't know. I feel like I just need to go to church. I don't know what's, what's coming over me. Can can I wipe Purell in my ears? Good lord. <laughs> oh my! You know, I, I like to try and keep it clean around kids and family, and certainly on uh, live bar broadcasts. But speak for yourself, holy, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what are you doing? Are we childish? What, what what's going on? <laughs> you don't you don't want to be around me at at uh, deer camp because uh, and it gets the potty mouth comes out. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want to be around me at deer camp. The ramble mouth comes out. Yeah, you should have heard Steve two episodes ago. <laughs> that was not good. <laughs> Dude, I had a, had a buddy of mine walk up to me, and he's like, he's like, Steve, I want to slap you. What the hell was that? I'm like, yeah, sorry, dude. Got a little drunk. Steve got yelled at two episodes ago. <laughs> it, it's all in good fun, though. All in good fun. Oh, yeah. But, it's uh, always good fun. Stay it's up. always good fun. <laughs> but thanks again for coming back, man. Can't wait to meet back up uh, at ATA show and really have a couple a good weeks. Time. I mean, it's not that far away. Not far nope. away at all. It, it, it is. Only a couple of weeks. Yeah, great. Thanks for having me again. Really appreciate your, you guys and love the show. And let's, uh, let's continue this relationship. Let's do it, man. Stick around on the phone. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to the podcast. We appreciate the heck out of you. Steve's got a comment. Got a big uh, shout-out to D-Rock. He uh, shot a buck tonight. Yep, he did. Yep. Derek Clark. Uh, Good listener. Good guy. Dude, the guy uh, hooked us up with some uh, heated jackets, and uh, he got the luck of his own. So the luck of the podcast, I'm glad it paid off for him. That is awesome. Although that uh, he did have some coyotes on that. Oh, he did? <laughs> on that deer before he got it. But. At least he got him. At least yeah. he got him. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate the hell out of you. There's still time left in the season. Go shoot your bow. Put an arrow in a buck. We love you.